Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Hello guys and welcome to my podcast. Can you guys introduce yourself? Because this is the first time I have two guests on at the same time. <laughs> uh, sure. My name's Simon Maddox, and I'm a British guy who lives in Bavaria. And I'm Nick Houghton, and I'm a British guy who lives in Bavaria. <laughs> Do you guys live in the same city? Not anymore. No. no, we used to back in the good old days, but then Nick decided to to move to another party. So he lives in Augsburg, and I live in Nuremberg. Uh, or Nuremberg, to, to use the English name for it. Okay, cool, cool. So I've been to both places. Uh, one of my students actually lives in Augsburg, and he told me that the people there are very unfriendly, and he's from there. So I don't know what have, has been your experience, Nick. I mean, if you've lived in Nuremberg and you come to Augsburg, you might have a very different opinion, because my experience <laughs> at Nuremberg, that's the Franconian reputation, isn't it? It proceeds... The Franconians for sure. So, my experience was, yeah, general gruffness. I don't think it's unfriendliness in either instance. But I find the the Schwabians. I find them way more friendly. I find them way more open. Certainly, um, I don't know. Maybe your student has uh, has difficult interpersonal skills. I don't know. <laughs> no, he's actually a really, really friendly guy. And he said that he's from there. Like yeah. he's originally. His accent is very thick when he speaks German. Hmm. And also his wife says it, so I don't know what to believe, but <laughs> we, you guys heard it from a British guy. He loves the people of, of, of Augsburg. I think I, the British, the British bit is important because I think maybe that changes the experience slightly as soon as you go. It could English. be, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Why do you exactly? Live here? Blah, blah, blah. But if you're actually from there, they're like, ah, you're just like, I don't like you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> awesome. So, obviously, from the accents, we can hear you guys are British, but tell me exactly from which part of, of Britain, England, you guys come from. Well, it's, it's slightly hard to pin down for me um, because I was actually born in Germany and then I grew up in Surrey and Sussex, uh, which is south of London. Um, so that's, I guess, that's what I have to call home, um, but none of my family live there. Uh, so when I go home, I go to Yorkshire where my mum lives, the West Midlands where my father lives, uh, and um, near near London where my brother lives. But I guess my accent means that Nick will probably agree with it, that I'm a southerner. Um, so yeah, southeast England, I guess, to be as vague as possible. Be hard for you, Nick. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm from the Democratic Republic of Newcastle-upon-Tyne. <laughs> I've got to reuse that joke again. Um, yeah, I'm from Newcastle-upon-Tyne, which is the other side of the of England from from Simon. So, in, in, given that Newcastle's the last city before the Scottish border, Simon's definitely a southerner in my book. <laughs> Man, I have to admit, I am very, very ignorant when it comes to the UK. I don't know that much about the culture or the accent. And sometimes my students will say to me, oh, George, I really like the British accent. And the little I know about your country is that there's lots of different accents. So can you guys tell us a little bit about the different types of accents that we can find within that island? 
um, you're absolutely right that there is there's a real smorgasbord of accents and in the space of five kilometers there can be huge differences between them um it can it, i mean it basically comes down to vowel sounds as sort of the general gist and as i say my mum's from yorkshire i'm very proud of that fact as all people from yorkshire are but i break her heart a little bit when i say bath and path yeah. because for her it's bath and path um, <laughs> and it does it makes her sad i can see it on her face <laughs> makes me sad <laughs> i'm sad for her too <laughs> Because I think her version sounds a little bit closer to how I would pronounce it, I think, right? Uh-huh. Bath. Bath. Path. Bath and path. I don't know. Well, I mean, crazy. class comes into it as well. So the way I say bath and path sounds more upper class. And every single thing about British culture is touched with class, um, which is completely different in a lot of other countries. But for us, everything is about class and how you sound and the accent you use is key. So I will change the language I use and the accents I use depending on where I am in the country and who I'm talking to. And so when I'm in Yorkshire, I'll I'll say path (laughs) so that people don't look at me funny. (laughs) What I know is there's like when my students, they want to speak in the British way, what they're talking about is received pronunciation, kind of like similar to what the the Queen or what you hear on BBC, is that also kind of related to this uh, elitism or this classist way of speaking? It certainly plays a part in it, yeah. I mean, as someone who's taught English for a long time, my sort of, I call it BBC pronunciation. I sound, I can sound easily like everyone on the BBC. Now that has changed a little bit and we do hear more regional dialects uh, on major news channels for example um and each accent has its benefits um so there was an interesting study a few years ago that in customer service that if uh, an english person or anyone calls a customer helpline and they have nick's accent um they're perceived as being friendly and warm uh and and just nice but if you want to speak to the manager you want someone that sounds like me that was the, the result of the study um so it kind of depends on what you need but as much as I'm sort of happy with my accent, I am intrinsically jealous of Nick's um, <laughs> because Nick's has a status to it that is only positive, whereas mine can be viewed as being sort of upper class or snobbish or posh. Um, and Nick has this wonderful Geordie accent, which is very, very special in the UK. I don't know how Geordie I sound, maybe in comparison to Simon. I always wonder, like, there's moments where I catch myself sounding a bit a bit RP, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends if your students are watching a lot of Benedict Cumberbatch films <laughs> where he's speaking in an English accent, if they're watching Sherlock or they're watching like a lot of Oscar winning British actors um, have RP is their sort of standard pronunciation because they often come from well, yeah, sort of Oxford, Cambridge types, or they go to RADA, or they go to these quite and 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 they're they're, they're very skillful actors, but it is generally that's kind of seen as sort of standard posh, basically. And the accent that I have is not one. It's not one you hear very often in Germany. You hear it occasionally on television. Uh, Big Brother, when it was a, a going concern in Britain, there 
um, narrator was was from the northeast, and the it's an accent that people enjoy, but they also enjoy making fun of. And Newcastle's a bit of a funny place in itself because it's so isolated from the rest of the U, yeah, the rest of England, sorry, and um, and so it's developed in a particular way. But yeah. I, I think I'd seen, it wasn't the study that Simon's suggesting, but I believe there was a, a confidence fraudster who was operating in, in Britain a, a while ago and he would go uh, south with um, frozen fish and tell people it was caught fresh that day and he would sell it to, to sort of fishmongers. And everyone just believed him and just assumed he was telling the truth because he had a northeast accent. And it was sort of, it's seen as the most trusted and the most... Sort of, have uh, you guys yeah. seen something similar here? Because in Germany, you also have lots of different dialects and accents. And I hear from, from Germans that they say like this, the accent from Sachsen is probably the one that they like the least. And like the Hochdeutsch is like kind of like that standard where mm. you can kind of get around with it in most places. Have you guys, do you guys, can you compare it to what you guys have in England? Or do you think it's even more classist in your country. I think the class difference is definitely bigger. I mean, you mentioned Saxon and yeah, I think people don't like the Saxon accent and they also aren't particularly fond of the mentality of Saxon um, as well. But I mean, when I told my German friends that I was moving to Nuremberg, every single one of them went, oh, the accent there's really, really hard. Um, and it is. Frankish is a hugely difficult type of Bavarian, which is already a difficult type of German. And my, my wife and her family are from Nordrhein-Westfalen, um, sort of around Gelsenkirchen, and they speak Pot, which is my absolute favorite type of German because it's quite close to English. Um, so instead of saying was is das, they say wat is dat, um, which I just love. It makes me feel warm inside. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's certainly challenging, uh, the difference between Hochdeutsch and what we hear down here in Bayern is is quite huge sometimes. And Nick has to deal with Schwäbisch, which is another variation, another twist. Versichtes. No. Um, <laughs> um I think I think the class element is played down it's it's there. I think class plays a part. And I think the sort of hybrid German that you hear from um migrants particularly is kind of seen as is lower class to a certain extent. But class just doesn't really factor into the same discussion in the same way that if you heard a Scouse accent or you heard a Brummie accent or anything north of Watford is officially kind of like working class, I think, for a lot of people mm. who live in London. And so, whereas in Germany, the, the thing they, they always hang on to is that Hochdeutsch is spoken in Hanover. And then you go to Hanover and no one speaks Hochdeutsch. So you kind of like, <laughs> It's like this mercurial concept that somewhere in Germany, someone's speaking Hochdeutsch, but it's always in the next town over, you know? It's, <laughs> oh, we don't speak Hochdeutsch, but the next town does, you know? And so there's that. I think there'll always be a, an East-West divide, which means people, and it's one of these things I've, I'm sure Simon's encountered too with students and so forth, that They'll, they'll, you meet kids who've done nothing, haven't been anywhere. They're like 18. Every holiday they've spent in a Croatian sort of holiday resort. They're not really seeing the world. And they'll tell you all these sort of, oh, this is what it's like in the east of Germany. And I'm like, mm. when were you last there? Oh, I've never been. And so you get like a lot of that built up over time where there's kind of Saxony is like this or Dresden is like this or, or whatever. 
um, in the same way that we sort of think about Berlin, but I think it's more attitude. So if you think about Berlin, Berlin's famous for the Berliner Schnauzer, which is rather not so much the, it's a mix of a, a sort of accent, dialect and attitude, isn't it? Mm. And so you get a sort of regional variant, but it's not just the accent. It's also, and it's not, it's not just accent. It's not just dialect. In some cases in Bavaria, it's, it's a separate version of German. I think they invest a lot of time in the Bavarian education to ensure that these sort of old types of speaking still exist and still are sort of prevalent. So it's it's more than what we have in the UK, which is maybe a couple of different words, but definitely a different accent. But most people will, will know the same things, unless there's, there's, there's variants on that. I think there's things like the influence of of different cultures on different types of slang. If you see sort of you go to um, Brixton or something, or you go to like South London, you see a lot of different slang that we'd never use in the Northeast, but there'll always be a commonality. And because we've got the BBC, that becomes like part of like, I have to ask Simon for a selection of interesting sort of London slang, but like it would, it would eventually make its way up to, up to the Northeast. And even if we just used it ironically, like um, blood or something like that, mm-hmm. or sort of in it or if we talked about like if we're sort of east london um sort of cockney rhyming slang that kind of thing is known it's not unknown but it isn't so much like used as it is kind of used ironically so but it's definitely more homogenous in the uk than it is in germany so you think it's not so much like a variation of dialect like it is here in germany it's it's more just an accent that people differ in I think there's, there. I, th- I think it's less, it's less complex. There's my feeling on it because there is, there is more connection between different areas. Like Liverpool has certain words and certain patterns of speech that are different from the northeast, that are different from Birmingham, the the West Country. Like certainly, if you've got the West Country and you've got the Black Country and you've got a lot of variant in dialect and 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 word use and things like that, but there's still there's still an understanding of this is this is Brummy or this is Black Country or this is Geordie or this is Scouse. And the reason someone probably doesn't understand is, is because of these things. Whereas you often find in Germany, it's like little islands. So people in, and it's something we were talking about, I think last week, Simon, that you go to, people in, in Bavaria don't often know that they have a Bavarian accent until mm. they leave the state. And then people are like, oh, you're Bavarian. And like, how do you know? <laughs> And it's because they've never really been challenged by it. So, so I think there's that. And I, again, I think it's the BBC because the BBC will make TV shows that feature people from around the country, or they'll have regional announcers or regional newsreaders. And so people get used to certain accents and ways of speaking that you just wouldn't, you wouldn't see, you wouldn't see a, a, a like a, a really, a really Byrish news reporter on national news. You just, <laughs> that's not going to happen, you know, whereas you would you'd see a Welsh news reader, or you'd see a, a Scottish news reader, or you'd see a sort of other other variations, and I think that's part of it. But also, I think that there's more push in, in the BBC to to, to be inclusive, mm. whereas in Germany there isn't that desire to include everyone. It's like we're speaking Hochdeutsch because we're reading the news, yeah. so we must speak Hochdeutsch, and that's kind of like what it was like in Britain, maybe in the. 50s and 60s where it's like you only get on tv and radio if you talk like this and you have a very <laughs> clean cut accent 
and you don't say anything incorrectly. That's sort of how it would sound. So I don't know whether Simon agrees with that or not. But. Yeah, totally. That's exactly how all newsreaders sounded in the 50s. <laughs> Bloody hell, there's a war. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Man, you should work for for radio. What a perfect <laughs> accent. <laughs> yeah. One day. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Can you guys teach me a, a, some some slang words from your regions, your specific regions that you come from? Yeah. So I've I've, I've thought about a few that are sort of that you can use all over the country. Uh, they aren't too regional. I've got quite a, a, a useful list here. So the first one is skint. Uh, if you're skint, it means you've got no money. You are broke. Uh, and if you are broke, it means you have no quid. Uh, quid is the uh, slang for a pound. Uh, our currency so it's very rare saying that costs five pounds uh in a, a social environment that's five quid after a long day of work you're going to be knackered knackered uh, instead of just tired that's very tired uh, another one that's very useful if to really get into the culture is pissed um because of course pissed means drunk in english and then we have of course pissed off uh, to be upset you might be pissed off because something is dodgy. Um, dodgy meaning fake or fraudulent or not as it should be. So he is a dodgy guy, you could say, or um, that's a dodgy five-pound note. Um, banter is probably one of the most important slang words in English. It's sort of joking with each other. Um, when we're rude to each other in a fun way, which is a very British thing, uh, that's what we call banter. Gutted. If you're really disappointed in something, and the final one is mate, uh, which we would use for like friend or buddy, um, but it's used as sort of a class equalizer. So if I'm talking to uh, a lawyer, it would be sir uh, or Mister, and then the name. But if I'm talking to my builder or my plumber, it's mate because I want to balance the scales. And um, so those are all really useful ones uh, for the whole of the UK. Everyone will understand all of those. So can we go through that again? Because I, I know like pissed and banter, I've no, I, I use those too. Like I'm okay. so pissed. Um, and banter, yeah, you can go back and forth with people. So I've, I've used that one. I've heard it as well. And I think there was one more that I've also like, oh yeah, I, I recognize that one. But the other oh, ones were completely new. <laughs> so skint, uh, to have no money. Quid for the currency. Knackered, to be very tired. Dodgy to be fake or fraudulent, um, banter, you liked already, and uh, gutted, to be disappointed, and then mate. Cool, cool. Yeah, so like, man, that's dodgy. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can also say that too. So I wonder if like some words in Canada we've just kind of stolen from you guys <laughs> and we didn't even realize it. That could be possible. Well, I'd I be think... surprised if that wasn't the case, yeah. You've, you've got access to British television, so I think there's a lot of, again, it's a lot so. of... I think so. Like, uh, when I was growing up, Coronation Street. Yeah, man. <laughs> so you're definitely going to get some of them, like, weird. I'll be interested if, you, if you've heard any of the ones that I'm... Any of the Geordie words that I'm about to give you. Okay, let's but, try. Um, right, there's a couple of things you need to sort of... You need to, you need to master before you can master Geordie, which is, like, the exclamations that we'll make. 
Um, there's a lot of filler words as well. Like this, the easiest thing I can I could give you, right, is e. So you just go e, and that's usually what you're going to use when you've got like a really salacious bit of gossip, or like you've seen something that shouldn't have been the way it's e, and uh, and um, that's that's a good starting place to go with. Um, there's two words that that I love that right. So the first one's Raji, right, and Raji is basically someone who's yeah aggressive, maybe a bit drunk, maybe like wearing a tracksuit. They look like they probably have a knife. <laughs> And you go, e, he's pure Raji him like, right? And you've got to end every sentence pretty much with like, like sort of again another filler word. So e, he's pure Raji him, and we're using pure as an intensifier, right? So you got pure in there. Um, and the reason I like Raji is it goes with the word Gaji, which is guy. So you can go, e, he's a pure Raji Gaji him like. <laughs> so you can construct this like quite like bizarre sentence so as long as you've got the e you've got your good start and um, the key word for any geordie is canny and canny is a multi-purpose word that can be both very um or it can mean nice so i might say e he's pure canny him like he's dead canny him and that can just be like he's dead nice or i can say he's canny raj him like which means he's very aggressive, right? So you can sort of start swinging it together quite nicely. That is very elaborate. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of it, but then you've got you've got you've got stuff that that like nout, which is nothing, geet, which is a descriptive word, which is usually for like something that's like like very. There's geet geet massive. That was geet massive, right? Uh, tune is town, which is really important because the t- the 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 football team of Newcastle and Newcastle United is called the Toon. So you can say, I'm Gannon doing the Toon, which is to say, I'm going into town. Or, um, did you see the Toon last night? So, did you watch the football last night? Did you watch Newcastle play last night? I'm not sure if you want us to keep going. I could go for yeah, that. I, w- I would be completely lost <laughs> if someone started talking to me like that. My, my wife's experience of the first day in Newcastle was she arrived with Erasmus. And as a student, and she didn't have any accommodation, and being like very German about things, she just went to the accommodation office and demanded they sort something out. I'm pretty sure they had no idea what to do. Faced with my, my <laughs> wife's quite formidable, especially when she needs to get something done. And so while they were rushing around, they were like, "Oh, just go into town, and we'll come come back in an hour." And she lo- got lost, and she asked for directions. And it was the first time she'd met a Geordie, this old bloke, and she said he was really nice. I had no idea what he was saying, <laughs> but he was like, she could tell he was really nice and open, but again, just couldn't work out what he was saying because he is, is, is sort of his patterns of speech, his way of communicating would be riddled with these quite sort of specific words. Um, yeah, that's been my experience here in the South as well, especially at the beginning, because mm-hmm. I lived in Hanover for two years. Mm-hmm. My wife is from there. So as I, like when I first moved out there, everyone would say, oh, wow, you came to the best place because we speak Hochdeutsch, right? Like, <laughs> they're very proud of that. Um, and then I moved down here uh, in the Black Forest and yeah, it's Badish, Alemanish, and mm. I had mm. no clue. So one day the electrician came to the house and then he just, rrr, rrr, rrr. I'm like, huh? oh man, I don't know what he's saying. So <laughs> noch mal bitte. And then he repeated, and again, I had no clue. So then I just said to him, hey, you know what? 
I can, my German is terrible. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, but you can come into the house. <laughs> I was so lost. Yeah. But four years later, it, it's getting easier. And I love it. I don't know about you guys, but I personally really love dialects. Like it has a different melody to Hochdeutsch. So I enjoy it. And I hope that they don't lose it over time. Yeah, it's definitely an important part of the culture and the history and the identity. But there are times where I'm like, that's just, I've never heard this word before. Mm -hmm. I can't look it up really because it mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily exist in Duden. You don't even um, know how to spell it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it can be massively challenging sometimes. Yeah. A lot of the time I'm just sort of guessing based on context. Like how we, Simon and I talked about the word goggler that means chicken last week. But another one that sticks in my mind is when the first time my parents-in-law came to see a flat that we'd rented. And they walked in and went, oh, S is so shay. S is so shay. And I was like, what's shay? Huh? I had to work hours at Shern. Right, okay. Oh, that's not... no way. Yeah, and it was just like, <laughs> but, but it'll, they'll do that every so often. They'll just throw out. Um, yeah, so, so like Lisa, my wife, sorry, will, um, will say things like, what she should put? She'll write a, a shopping list for us. And each week, there's a different variant of a different word. And, <laughs> and like, so we usually have shashlik which is like a sort of kebab um, on a stick. And today it was um, Fleischbisse, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so why is it not shashlik? And she's like, well, it's different. And I'm like, how, how is it it's still on a stick, right? And she's like, yeah, but there's... So we had this like d d debate over whether it should be this or that, just so I could be sure that I'm not going. Because it's happened so many times. I'll go to the butcher and I'll say something and they'll look at me like I'm insane. That happened all <laughs> the time in Nuremberg where I'd order something and they'd be like, that, that's a that's a Schwabish word or they wouldn't understand <laughs> it because I just couldn't pronounce it so uh, yeah no I know what you mean yeah it can definitely be frustrating sometimes kind of communicating in the different parts of Germany because they have different words for different things but because my whole life is in English I rarely even notice so when I listen to Alemanisch it's just for fun mm -hmm. not because yeah. I need anything yeah <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. What do you guys think are some differences? Because I imagine you guys have been here for fairly long now. How long have you guys been in Germany? Uh, 2010 is when I first moved. Yeah, uh, 2011. Yeah, so 10, 12 years, something like that. I'm bad yeah. at math. <laughs> what are like some differences that you've noticed? And on top of that, what do you think that Germans misunderstand about the Brits? I mean, insofar as differences go, I mean, it depends where you are in Germany, I guess, what kind of differences there'd be. But here down in Nuremberg, the difference is it can feel that people are a little bit frostier. Um, once you get through that initial contact with people, like, it's, it's not a problem at all. But people have a tendency to like, look at you like you're crazy if you just talk to them. If you like smile at someone in the street, that, that can like raise suspicions, I think. And I think that's that's different back home where if I walk past someone and we make eye contact, I might be like, you're right, or just say hello. And that wouldn't like freak people out. And that does happen here occasionally. But at the same time, I, I, I love it here. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining <laughs> at all. Uh, in terms of what people don't understand, I think a lot of misunderstandings, a lot of Germans think that they have a good understanding of British culture uh, because of the internet, because of movies. Uh, because of all the ways you can access it uh, as a German. And yeah, sometimes th those things are true. Um, sometimes they're really far from the mark. 
Um, but obviously, a lot of the people we communicate with here in English, they're really they're keen. They're really interested to improve their skills, to improve their knowledge. But I think the issue that has, has risen a couple of times is you meet someone who's trying a bit too hard to uh, to get into British culture. And one of the key things is like swearing, like using really like bad language and just doing it wrong. And it comes across as being like rude <laughs> as yeah. opposed to like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm like one of you guys. It's like, no, you're, you, you're doing that wrong. You don't, you aren't there yet. Uh, and stop calling me that really offensive word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was the, what was the first question again? Is differences that you've noticed between Germans and, and Brits. I think over I think over time you begin to you don't really see the difference because just after ten years it sort of becomes like that's the norm. I think if I went back to the UK I'd be like, oh right, that's the difference again. But I think there is there's a difference in just how people in, interact. I think there's there's a frostiness, like Simon said, but I think it's partially because in, in, for English speakers relationship building is like the purpose of all communication is to like we've got to have a good relationship whereas germans don't feel any particular need to have any kind of relationship with you without without any context or reason for it so you don't have the sort of matey matey sort of friendly conversations that you might have in in sort of customer service interactions that you would get in britain for instance or like if you meet someone for the first time i'll often make a joke and it just drops flat as, as as possible because it's just not it's just not contextually a point where people would be making a joke or it might just be that i make shit jokes <laughs> that could be too that's that's definitely a possibility um i think i think positive wise i mean the way of life the the sort of and I, everyone always says way of life but it's like simple things like like going to the bakery in the morning and getting like fresh sort of bread that's something that's totally alien to certainly where i was from in the northeast mm -hmm. sort of uh now i've had now i've had kids um it feels a bit like that that certainly while well, compare notes with friends and my experience of sort of childcare or like preparation or hospital visits and things like that's very very different too so there's like the technical parts that are different i think a lot of the time a lot of the time it's it's just the sort of casual friendliness or like performative friendliness that you get in in Britain and a lot of places that I'd, I'd say is quite quite different. Don't expect people to just be happy that you've sort of walked into <laughs> into their sort of zone of communication or or whatever. Just for, just they're not going to be just polite to you because because that's the norm. If that if, if they're not going to be British polite to you because that's the norm, they'll be German polite, which often means not polite in British. <laughs> that makes exactly. sense. Oh, 100%. Uh, it, it, sometimes that's hard for me. Uh -huh. Kind of like the customer service and like going to restaurants and the way mm -hmm. they treat you. I'm like, man, like, why are you working as a waiter if mm -hmm. you're not friendly? <laughs> <laughs> it's just Probably. different. It's just different. I know you guys have a podcast. Can you guys tell me about your podcast? What do you guys talk about? What is the objective, if there is any? objective makes it feel like we've, know. we've, we've missed it, something it's, we, it's we objective is to conquer the world you only do things <laughs> if there's a point to it or else why why do anything that's that's the german part of you speaking george exactly i've been here too long <laughs> uh, so yeah, we have a, uh, a podcast called decades from home uh, where we talk about the weird and wonderful sides of living in germany from our 
perspectives uh, and we talk about sort of anything and everything we we try and keep it upbeat um so we've avoided talking about brexit uh for example as much as possible and yeah we try and create a place that's like just a relaxed environment to to hear about german culture history philosophy politics um from people that aren't experts in any of those things yeah i mean that's a pretty good summation of what we're doing i think yeah the aim is just to talk about the place that we're living and why we're like living here and 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 the little just the minutiae of it because i think that's mm. something that you miss in a lot of there's a lot of like expat podcasts and things like that which are great but I'm, I mean, I, I sound a bit derogatory when I say expat, but I hate that word. But um, the 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 sort of they'll they'll talk about the experience of moving or the, ex, the experience of of living in Germany, whereas we're sort of trying to get more granular than that. It isn't just like like the experience of being a migrant in Germany. It's like what is it like living here? Just full stop. Like what are the news stories that we're encountering? What are the the sort of day to day stuff? um that we experience the sort of areas that we live in we talk about a lot about simon's new kebab shop for instance mm -hmm. and why that's a really exciting Breaking thing to happen yeah exactly or just like the stuff that happens that happens week to week and and then we we'll try and touch on some like more sort of more serious topics sometimes some larger topics but trying to just bring in as much culture and the and, and, and less broad strokes so we're, we're thinking more about like yeah the the little details, the regional details, and because we're based in Bavaria, a lot of that shines through. I think, and 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 often when we have guests on who are from different parts, that's a lot of what we discuss is like those little differences between regions and areas and states. But yeah, we try and sort of shy away from the sort of journey of getting to Germany and rather rather focus on yeah, what what are the practicalities of it? Um, I think we talked about tax a few weeks ago. Yeah, we, <laughs> we did a little section on tax. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm yeah. just very lucky because um, when my wife and I decided to stay here in Germany, I told her I would only agree to it if she managed all of the administrative tasks. She said okay. yes. And until today, I know zero about taxes. I just give her massages when she's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good deal. But that was the deal. So I'm sticking to my deal. <laughs> thank you guys for coming on the podcast i will leave the link to your podcast in the show notes so that everyone who is interested to get the perspective of two brits about germany they can go and check it out thanks for having thanks us for having it's been us. really fun yeah it's been great that was such a fun interview i learned new slang words and some interesting facts about how english is spoken in the uk remember what simon said be careful when you use British swear words. You might be using them incorrectly. Today's audio message comes from Andreas. Hi, George. I like a lot of things about your podcast. I would say the two recent things are my favorite. Point number one, I hear different native speakers so I can learn several pronunciations. And the second point is... I like to discuss various topics and to learn specific uh, vocabulary about that. So thank you very much for teaching and good luck for your next podcast. Bye-bye.
Thank you for that message, Andreas. It's very important that you listen to different accents. As we learned from this episode, even within the UK, there are big differences in accents and phrases. The more you expand your knowledge of how English is spoken around the world, the more confident you'll become when you meet new people. I'm constantly looking for people with different accents to help you develop your listening skills. If there's a particular accent you'd like me to focus on, send me an email. If you enjoyed this episode, share my podcast with one of your friends today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal. Tschüss.